good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cup, he need cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot, and we discuss local, national, and Native news and events. And as you know, Wendy, Mm -hmm. Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Well, you know, this is uh, my favorite time of the year, Wendy, and I don't know why I just came up with that accent, but this is my favorite time of the year, and uh, what time is that? Because the snow is melting? It's baseball season. Oh, baseball season. (laughs) Yeah, it's (laughs) close, close, close. We don't need, you know, old days of the Dome, we didn't didn't care if it was snowing out because we had the Dome and we hated that stadium. That's right. uh, That's another story. But hey, what what do we got going here? Why am I so excited other than baseball? Our store yes. called Native Roots Trading Post will be at the Creator's Corner at Target Field in Minneapolis. And that's exactly where the Minnesota Twins play. Yeah, We're going to be there for three months during the baseball season. 80 games. Wonderful. If make the playoffs will be maybe what, maybe some more. Oh, wow. That would be wonderful. Gate 34. We have lots of great uh, Native American art and supplies there that you could come on down and see. We have some Leech Lake wild rice that was hand harvested. Oh. <laughs> we have Joseph Ryder. He's an artist who makes beautiful sterling silver yes. jewelry. We have his earrings. They're really spectacular. You should come down and uh, take a look at them. Artist Heck. Yeah, he Ivan. Makes, Ivan Heck. He makes beautiful uh, art paint. on canvas. Yes, and we have prints and a large canvas. Uh, canvas. <laughs> canvas. Canvas art. Yeah, yeah. a painting. painting. Oh my gosh! Oh, is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Hey, this is a live show. But I know. We, can't we have start Wendy, over, Wendy. Wendy Roy <laughs> beaded jewelry. She even made necklaces that have baseballs on them, and we have posters and cards by artist Davis David White. Yeah, those are awesome. So we have all beautiful art and supplies there. So come on down and take a look. Gate thirty four. You know, it, it's funny um, how small our Native community is because I know Zoe through Zoe's father, and Zoe works with us now, and um, her father really helped us put together that store with all the artists that mm-hmm. he knows, Zoe, and uh, I know you're deep in the art, and you're going to be a B resale coming up, too, I saw. Yeah. Um, thank you for mentioning that, Robert. Um my sister and I will be doing a pop-up show on, at B Resale, which is on, I just know it as Eat Street. Um, I would have to find the, the address really quick, um, but that'll be on Saturday from 12 to 5 p.m. So if you're interested in coming to see um, us and our earrings, we do um, beaded earrings. My sister also makes um earrings out of birch bark and she does quill work too um she won't have any quill work this time but um we'll have some mirror earrings and some other fun stuff and maybe even some t-shirts oh Um, so yeah it's gonna be nicolet avenue Yes, yeah. it's Nicolet. Yes, it's 2613 Nicolet avenue minneapolis next to one of our favorite uh, donut shops too wendy Yes, oh, it is. Glam doll donuts. Yeah, yes. we get the vegan donuts there. In my mo- well, I think we got a couple in the freezer I'm going to have during break here. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> we can just pop them in the microwave and heat them up, and they'll be as good as new. Yes, and be resale. I think we used to have our uh, hoodies and T-shirts we sold out of there, and it's just a great idea. She recycles and re- reuses and repurposes uh Clothes, Clothing. so they don't end up in the landfill, and they're really—it's really nice stuff. So it's be like boy, be resale. 
Wendy, you're on it today. I'm not really. Did you hear me before? <laughs> well, you know, and I'm excited too uh, because the proceeds, it's keeping, you know, our whole thing is to get Native artists out there and mainstream them. And this is, you know, from being in the Dayton store now, and then we were at the state fair. That's when we got to first meet Zoe. She was spying on us. And then... Uh, at various powwows. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and now we'll be at Shakopee's Powwow State Fair and uh, hopefully back to Dayton's. That was yeah, amazing. and the good thing is, is that, Robert, when people come up, we can yes. tell them who the artist is, where the merchandise came from. Exactly. These things... No appropriation here. Yeah, these these the earrings, the art that we have, the paintings, the cards, the posters were all made by Native American artists. And their heart and soul went into this art. And it's, Well, for each beating, am I right, Zoe? There's a prayer for each. Uh, I've heard that term where uh, each uh, bead is a prayer. Oh, in a beaded mm-hmm. piece? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've... I've um, definitely received some of those teachings as well. And I was always told that, you know, if you're doing beadwork, just make sure you're in a good spirit because um, you are putting your energy into those beads. But I also think that beadwork can be really helpful when you're not doing great. Um, definitely helps me mentally. So, yeah, our beads are very, very sacred, very special. That's why it's really important that you buy from actual Native artists and not pretendians or appropriators, which same thing sometimes <laughs> you know uh, just to change gears here in a few minutes here uh zoe uh Ogama yesterday uh spoke about what's going on with honor the earth and we want to acknowledge acknowledge that um we don't support organizations like that zoe mm-hmm. right yes big moment right now it's really important that people are very clear with um you know, supporting survivor victims and any child that's, you know, hurt by an adult that they should feel like they should trust, you know, um, that's really getting into the thick of things. But um, regardless of the point, that's I think it's important that we talk about it, Robert. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, and I appreciate you. We during our, our meetings and uh, conversations, we've uh, kept an eye on this big time because as everyone knows, we've had Winona LaDuke on and we've had Honor the Earth on and uh, this came up to us as a big surprise what was going on and uh, we do not support that. We support the victims and uh, and uh, that's, that's how it is. Mm-hmm. Victims, whether human or animal. Exactly, and uh, that's a really good point, Wendy, because uh, you do the sacred... Sacred uh, right. animal uh, or relatives portion when you're on, and uh, how important that is that uh, we're all beings. And uh, there's not to get deep into it today, but there was shenanigans going up there from people that were working for Honor the Earth that uh, did not bode well for our relatives that are with hooves and tails. Mm-hmm. Hooves and tails specifically. Exactly. Exactly. So, it's a it's a great time in our in our way, but we need to support and reach out and um, really uh, support the victims and you know um, and leave it at that. You know, mm-hmm. no no rationalizing, no um, making for, excuses. Thank you. Yeah, we can't do that. So it's really it's really an important it's an important time and it's an important uh, subject, and I'm glad. Yesterday, Ogama brought it up, and today we're talking a little bit about it because it it is uh, very important, Zoe. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very important. Well, today, uh, you know, this is a a fun Thursday, and we have Robert Lilligren from the Native American Community Development Institute on next, and I always like to have fun talking with Robert, and Mm -hmm. uh, we have a lot to talk about, as always, with nationally, locally, and... uh, and spiritually and all these things out there. So up next, Robert Lilligren. Stay with us. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. (laughs) 
If the statistics say that one in three Native women and one in six Native men have experienced sexual assault in their lifetime, it means our whole community is affected by sexual violence. One is too many. Don't stand by, stand up. Don't engage in acts of sexual violence and shut down the dirty jokes, the gossip, the victim blaming and shaming. As a community, we can change the way we respond. Contact the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition to attend a workshop to learn more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, Ogama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Roll up your sleeves and enjoy some refreshments. On Friday, April 7th, the Indigenous Roots Cultural Center will offer free coffee and tea to anyone who gets a COVID vaccine between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. You'll also receive a $50 gift card. The event is open to the public, and while walk-ins are welcome, early registration is encouraged at interfaithaction.org. So protect yourself by getting vaccinated while enjoying some free coffee and tea. That's Friday, April 7th at the Indigenous Roots Cultural Center in St. Paul. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Development Institute in Minneapolis. Well, what a coincidence. We have uh, Robert Lilligren on today. What who a is, coincidence. <laughs> he's CEO of the Native, <laughs> of what we like to say, Natke. Oh, uh, hey, Robert, how you doing? I'm doing great. Bonjour, Robert. And did I hear Wendy's voice as well? I don't see her here. She's incognito. She she's working the radio uh, side of her camera this time, right, Wen? Yes, cool. I am. Hello, Robert. It's good, great to <laughs> hey, see you. Nice it's been to a hear while. your voice. Yeah. yeah, it has been too long. Well, before we get too far into it, I want to talk about Wisconsin coming through. We had uh, uh, Judge uh, Janice uh, Protasewicz on, and um, so we put him over the edge, I think, uh, here in Minnesota and Wisconsin, because as you know, Robert, we're all over Wisconsin. We're on 11 stations live right now, and it's exciting to see uh, good things happen in Wisconsin. Yeah, it's great to see, and it was just such a decisive victory, right? It was like, what, 15 points or something like that. So it's, it's a nice win. You know, I'm sure the path isn't smooth. People on the right are already claiming foul about the election. It seems to be their game book these days after every election that they don't like the the outcomes of. But, yeah, she seems like just a really great choice. Thank you, Wisconsin. Thank you, voters of Wisconsin. And and now we'll see what happens, right? I know there were this, this could be critical in the... 2024 elections and of course right. just in protecting the rights of of our families and friends as well so so we'll see in illinois too it seems like uh i think what is it their governor uh that that came around in a good way too yeah the mayor right the mayor, Chicago, mayor I'm sorry. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so there was a clear choice there right and so we're seeing these you know, elections that can be indicating what we may be looking at next year. You right. know? And so there's these advances we're making. Um, I wish nothing but the best for the new Wisconsin uh, justice. And I know there yeah. were attempts to uh, impeach her 
as a, uh, at her previous position. So we'll see what follows her here, but I'm very hopeful. And yeah, and then the news out of Chicago, I mean, voters are, people are speaking with their votes, right? Yeah. Good things are happening. And so it's exciting to see. And then in places like Tennessee, I don't know if you've been following that. Oh my gosh, yes. Where it's just a travesty of, you know, legislative authorities where, Three Democrats have been, they voted to uh, expel them right. in the House, you know, and it's its hard to think of something that's going more directly against the will of the voters than, than expelling their duly elected uh, representatives for a relatively minor rules infraction. Exactly. And then, you know, speaking of Tennessee, you know, with the shootings, the, the other Republicans, wanting to wait to see what happens as opposed to uh, maybe moving forward to some kind of gun gun law or any kind of law. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, uh, you know, I it's cold here. We had a long, long winter. We had the third mm-hmm. largest uh, snowplow, but I'm glad I'm here, you know, and I'm glad I'm, I'm here in Minnesota with our blue state and uh i heard rumors too robert i don't know if you heard this but they they might be uh, closing down uh, early uh because they're getting so much done at the house and Senate. oh at the, the, the capital yeah <laughs> that would be interesting yeah we were talking i was uh i serve on the metropolitan council here in the twin cities region it's our regional government so i'm a, a representative of the point of our governor to that so i was in a meeting with some County elected officials, some council members, senior staff were, and the topic of uh, of having a trifecta and needing to go into a special session came out. Yeah. We were all kind of laughing about that. You know, could you imagine if they had to go into special session? I think it's more likely that they'll do what you said, Robert, mm-hmm. and finish up at, not on time, if not early, at least on time. Yeah, which doesn't yeah. happen a lot in our usually split government. And uh, and these guys went in. They were clear at the beginning. This Democratic majority in our Senate, in our House, and with our governor's office, and they said they were going for maximum efficiency mm-hmm. in the term. And it's something we're just not used to in this state. So right. So I am kind of loving it. I probably wouldn't love it as much if the Republicans were in charge. But but I do think people respect when stuff gets done. Right. You know? You know, and and the whole thing about giving the money back, the Republicans want to give the money back, and it's just like it it goes to the wind. You know, we need to like uh, work this, put something you know substantial in, and um, support things that uh, matter instead of uh, giving me money back that I will never miss anyways. Right, you know, right. and it does, it does give a little bump to the state economy, right? People spend that money, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we really saw during COVID, right, and during lockdown, what an infusion of cash into people's hands could do to sustain the economy. So so it does have a low impact, mm-hmm. but have been, having been part of government as long as I have, Robert, I, I always think the words... Uh, budget surplus when applied to government are kind of, you know, a misnomer. A thousand. There's always more need than right. there are the resources that we have. So for to me, it's hard to reconcile how we ever really have a surplus. So I'm with you. Let's invest it wisely. This is a, you know, generational tr- opportunity to make transformational change with significant investments. Let's do that. Right. And I think we are leaning to that with the Urban Indigenous Legacy Initiative that you're working on and uh, many other people uh, named after the great Clyde Belcourt, who befriended me the last four or five years of his life. And uh, so I appreciate you guys naming it after him. Well, yeah. And I want to be super clear. I play a very, very small part in that initiative, the Urban Indian Legacy Initiative, is an effort of uh, about 16 native orgs here in the Twin Cities to bring capital dollars to improve our facilities. We all have these 30, 40, 50 year old facilities now that need attention. Mm -hmm. And so it's been going pretty well. It's a significant ask, if I'm not mistaken. I think the the last total was $136 million into into these, uh, I think there's 13 or 14 distinct projects. And and that's something, right? And that's what we're pushing for. and I'm not in the thick of it. I'm not over at the Capitol. I mean, I've been over there a few times for it, but uh, 
but just the kind of stuff that's coming out you know they keep asking us for for more documentation on our projects and mm-hmm. sort of fitting it into their pathway towards how things get funded so i don't know what the final outcome is going to be but i'll tell you just kind of reading the tea leaves leading up to the final outcome it's looking pretty good it is and i and i was really excited robert uh, i think i ran into you that day that the governor spoke and uh and talked about more money and more support and that uh this should go directly to to uh, native-run uh, organizations because we know what we need and know how to do it. Right, and that's been our argument all along, right? We Native orgs and know how to provide services to Native people, and we just lack the adequate resources to do it. So, so resources. And there's really been a movement, I mean, having been part of the nonprofit world now for what? Uh, coming up on 10 years almost, the... You know, there's this effort to, by large um, bureaucracies and institutions like state government or even corporate givers or foundations to try to figure out how to get resources more directly into the frontline folks who are working directly with community. And it's not as easy as you think, you know, it takes effort, it takes work, it takes relationship building, it takes trust, it takes understanding on all sides of what's actually going on. So this has been quite a, quite an evolution to observe. Yes, it really has. And uh, I think the key for anything, you know, whether it's teaching or running for office or running a organi- great organization like you are, um, is relationships, you know, um, mm. and meeting people where they're at. That's, right. that's something I learned as a high school teacher. Um, oh, I, sure. It came natural, but I was able to put a, put a word on it or put a statement on what it meant. Right, right. Yep. And that's, that is the beauty of the sort of grassroots organizations that operate within the community is they have those relationships and, and, you know, in so much in this world, but certainly in the work that NACTI does and that I do, you know, it is all about relationships. I've written on the board in my office, you may have seen it. It says the quality of my work reflects the quality of my relationships. And I've had that written on every whiteboard of every office I've ever had. And I, I try to live by that. And then when you talk about Native folks, you know, it's all about being in relationship, right? Relationship mm-hmm. to each other, relationship to the water and land, Mother Earth. So so yeah. I think it benefits us all to be deliberate about how we develop, build, manage our relationships. Yeah, well said. And I and I, I I think it's important to be aware of that, you know, whatever you're doing, whether it's the mail person coming to deliver mail or uh, the person that takes care of our little Wanda who got operated on this weekend, um, you know, it, it, the relationships and, and what we what we sow, what we reap, we sow and what we sow, we reap, I guess. Here, 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 here. Yep, it's a, it's an important lesson that's sometimes hard to enforce, right? But you got to keep doing it. And someone taught me very early on in my political life, and they said, "Robert, there's never a last act." And right. what she meant was that you can never treat this as our last conversation. You know, you can never, never cut off somebody. You might need their them in relationship the next day. Right, exactly. so we got to act like there's never a last act. Hey, we're here with Robert Lilligren, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. Stay with us. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. This is Ross Stadheim, partner at MJSB Employment Justice. At our firm, we specialize in cases where our clients tried to do the right thing by reporting illegal or unethical conduct and were demoted or fired. 
There are laws in place that protect people like you who tried to do the right thing by reporting a problem but were retaliated against. At MJSP Employment Justice, we are fearless advocates who will protect your rights and obtain justice, whether it be a Fortune 500 company or something smaller. Be heard. You deserve better. Contact us today at MJSBJustice.com. Next Chapter Booksellers is gearing up for an exciting spring with some big names on the event schedule. Over the next few weeks, they'll host Keith Ellison, Kat Howard, Nana Kwame Ajabrenya, Samantha Irby, Luis Orea, and more. Mark your calendars for these can't-miss events and find the author's schedule at nextchapterbooksellers.com. And don't forget, with graduations, holidays, and birthdays coming up, Next Chapter Booksellers is full of great gift ideas like books, puzzles, and games. That's Next Chapter Booksellers off Snelling and Grand in St. Paul. Consumer Reports published their 2023 Best Vehicles Report, and Toyotas from Rudy Luther Toyota dominate the list again. The Corolla, the Corolla Hybrid, the Corolla Cross, and the Camry all top their Best Value New Cars categories. The Camry Hybrid, the Highlander Hybrid, the Corolla Hybrid, and RAV4 Prime all ranked as Best Green Choices. And my personal favorite, the Toyota Sienna, also ranked in the top of its class. Toyotas are not only gorgeous, they're best buys. Test drive one today by going to Rudy Luther Toyota, 5 miles west of Minneapolis on 394. Hello, Minnesota. This is Tom Hartman, and you can catch me every weekday from 11 to 2 right here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's smart radio for smart people. Hey, Twin Cities. Are you trying to move your side hustle to your main hustle? Having trouble leveling up your back office? Getting stuck on where and how to get money to grow your business? Then you don't want to miss Connect Up Summit Friday and Saturday, April 14th and 15th at Walder Foundation in St. Paul. Connect Up is a two-day summit offering hands-on workshops and connecting small businesses with each other, local investors, as well as local and national resources to grow your business. You'll get to meet more people in the small business ecosystem in two days than would take you two years to meet on your own. Connect Up sells out every year, so get your tickets today. Go to connectupmn.org. Follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn to get the latest updates. Again, that's Friday and Saturday, April 14th and 15th at the Walder Foundation in St. Paul. That's connectupmn.org. Connectupmn.org. ATNF AM 950, St. Louis Park, Minneapolis, St. Paul. This is Chad, owner of AM 950. I want to tell you about a better, more environmentally friendly way to care for your lawn with Natural Lawn. Natural Lawn has been treating Minnesota lawns for more than 20 years with organic-based natural products that feed the soil without unnecessary chemicals. That means an envy-worthy, healthier lawn that's safer for your family and your furry friends. Naturalon has no contracts and is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. So let Naturalon handle your lawn care so you can enjoy your lawn. More at naturalon.com. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for partly cloudy skies tonight with a low around 23, Friday sunny with a high near 50, and Saturday sunny with a high around 61. From the bright personalities to the bold flavors, 30 Bales in Hopkins is the perfect gathering spot for anyone looking for a taste of the Midwest. Whether you're stopping by for a quick drink or settling in for a leisurely meal, you'll find plenty to love at 30 Bales. Located at 1106 Main Street in Hopkins, more at 30bales.com. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Yes, they do. Thank you, Wendy. Hey, uh, we're here with Robert Lilligren, uh, CEO of Native American Community Development Institute. And one of the things, and it's great here, uh, Robert, you can be my witness here. Okay. Uh, we've talked a few times when Wendy hasn't been on the show, and I said, what Wendy always tells me is ask what they want to talk about. So what I'm going to do, and Wendy's here uh, on the air with us, I'm going to ask you, what would you like to talk about? Gosh, thanks, Robert. And thanks, Wendy, for the advocacy. And there's so much yeah. going on. And I really, I was thinking of that as I was getting ready to come on the air tonight. I didn't, you know, I usually have a few topics kind of picked out. Uh, and you've hit on a couple of them. But, but I really didn't have anything that specific I wanted to talk about. But I thought for sure, you'd want to talk about sort of the federal or the national level yeah. uh, conversations and whether that has to do with our former president being um, arrested and charged 
which yes. I think is very interesting. And then there's also the uh, Justice Clarence Thomas uh, yeah. stuff that's going down. And that so you know, it's so interesting when, when you have this political philosophy that's sort of built on, well, individual rights, but on, um, you know, and sort of doing the right thing and t- trying to take the moral high ground. And then you have these highest placed officials you know, in our land that are, that are just doing nasty, likely criminal things. How do we, Robert, uh, get a bigger Supreme Court? And I mean larger as in numbers. Doesn't it make sense to have 20 people or 21 people in there instead of just these, uh, I don't even know how many are in there. 13? Nine. Nine? Yeah. I I think you'd have to have an odd amount. Right. 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 So you can't tie, but, and the size of the Supreme Court has grown and shrunk throughout the nation's history. It It hasn't always been nine. It's been more, it's been less. And so it's an act of Congress, right? We need Mm -hmm. to pass a law to, um, to expand the, the Supreme Court. And, and maybe that isn't the worst idea. Maybe, yeah. Uh, Lifetime appointments, I don't know. That doesn't get talked mm-hmm. about as much. But the idea of expanding the number, I think, is is a debate worth having. Yeah, and so what's going on with Thomas? I didn't. I just saw something fly by the, my news. What's happening with him? Yeah, well, allegedly, he has accepted hundreds of thousands of dollars. It may actually be in the millions of free travel, free accommodations from um, wealthy Republican donors or a wealthy Republican donor. And these are things that he would need to disclose and declare, right. as all judges do, all federal judges do, almost anyone that holds a public position. I, you know, I have to do it as I'm a council member. You have to right. do these sort of financial disclosures. And none of this was ever disclosed. And at least one of the trips I read about would likely have been about a half a million dollar trip that was given to him that wow. he or his um, QAnon wife uh, never, <laughs> never declared. Yeah, so one of my blogs calls her QAnon Jenny, so I. But <laughs> well, that's a, that was that kind of came from nowhere. Um, that was cool how you slipped that in there. Um, that's hilarious. But yeah, now we have uh, we have uh, Trump who's looked very sad. I was watching it live when uh, they had the cameras on. Uh, what floor was that? Yeah, I think CNN was saying that he looked really sad and discouraged. But I'm sure I don't watch Fox News, but I'm sure Fox was saying, "Oh, he looks so stern. He must be so, really thinking." You know, I so mean, it's all the perception of which right. news station. Pensive. Is. That's all. Yeah, pensive. It's like yeah, that involves thought. Fox also said he looks so presidential. Yeah. Well, he snapped out of it and started attacking the judge and the and the prosec- head prosecutor. So four hours later, and the, he was... and the judge's wife and the judge's children. Yeah. Didn't he put his address out there or some crap yeah, like so, that? Yeah. That's just beyond anything, you know. And and there's more to come, right? This was 34 counts. There's at least two other investigations going on that could right. very well pre- uh, generate criminal charges. And so it's just. And he's still the front runner uh, Republican <laughs> nominee for 2024. Well, I was on a Crudy show, the show out of Madison today, and we were just talking Devil's about Advocate. Devil's Advocate, right? When and we were, I was talking about the mascots there, but what uh, what I did talk about was like he asked me about that, and I said, you know, 74 million people voted for him, and there's people out there that have been always there they just never had a leader or voice um and to to act this way so there's weird weird support there's support from people that never voted before and have just really the orange one has really fired up this sleeping giant in this country of racism right right he has uh he has an audience right he has a base he has people that are willingly following him I believe that it is based in race, a lot mm-hmm. of the dissatisfaction of his followers. And and it's so interesting. I mean, it's not that sort of polarized. We all know that, right? And right. Uh, and for me, it's the, I feel like you know, diversity, racial, cultural, whatever, is really our strength, right? That's, that's yeah. the, 
the juice of freedom, right? And you know, to have a whole half of our country that feels completely differently. And it's like, how do we, how do we all miss the point <laughs> like this? Yeah. And uh, and then to have a whole party and philosophy that talks about drain, you know, what was it? Drain the swamp, drain yeah. the swamp. It's like, well, you are the swamp, right? So, you know, how are, are you, you, know, you going to drain yourself? Or you know, I just, I, it's, it's just it. It baffles me sometimes. It's really baffling, and it's hard to comprehend. But again, um, we really have a lot to be grateful for because Gen Z's not taking this standing down or sitting yeah. down. It's like yeah. I, I just can't say that enough. Right, right, and Gen Z's, you know, uh, has the potential of being the largest voting block in this country, you know, replacing seniors, and so. So that's a voice that will be heard. And you can see, you know, just by looking at what happened in Chicago, the Chicago mayor's race, or looking what happened in the Wisconsin's uh, Supreme Court race, that when there's a level playing field, you know, more progressive candidates perform very, very well. But we have a system that's been manipulated by a minority party to enshrine minority rule uh, in, at the state and federal levels. And so, so that means we have to work that much harder to uh, uh, overcome and override those tyrannous minorities that that feel that this country should be run by a minority party. Well, Wisconsin so gerrymandered. I I, I heard somewhere, I read somewhere uh, that in order for a Democrat to win, they have to get sixty percent of the vote, and a Republican would have to get forty percent of the vote. And I don't know how that works, but uh, that's just an amazing statistic. Uh, that I that I've heard right well and if you look I mean Wisconsin is very much like Minnesota politically where it's kind of a 50-50 state you know and here we've managed to hold on to all of the statewide constitutional offices thank goodness but uh in Wisconsin and I can't remember if their congressional delegation is eight or seven but I think there's I think there's six Republicans and two Democrats Right. Uh, the population is pretty much 50-50. So that just shows you those are those are gerrymandered districts that and then that kind of underpins what you were saying where it takes it would take a democrat more to get mm -hmm. elected. And so so these kinds of things like a state supreme court election matter. Yeah, and uh all the gerrymandering and also voter suppression and the the Gen Zs came out in force and so did all the the like-minded Democrats too, and I, I, yeah, I, you know, Trump's ahead of the Republicans, but where is he at against right now with Biden? Do you know? Um, he's way down from Biden. Isn't yeah, he? he is down. I haven't seen a number like this week or anything, but yeah, yep. And yeah, Trump was uh, very disappointed also that all his followers didn't come out to protest his arraignment, and he was complaining that. It was because it was in downtown Manhattan and it's very blue there and that maybe they should have had it in Staten Island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which so, is, yeah. Could you imagine? Nobody goes to Staten Island. Easy, Wendy. <laughs> that's what Stephen Colbert said last week. Yes, too, that's where I got it from. Stuff. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> that's so good. And yeah, and I, I think that um, a lot of potential protesters and I've seen what happened and what rightfully is happening to the January 6th insurrectionists and people are concerned and they should be yeah. about of showing up at these things you know if they're going to turn violent I don't think that Trump or any of those guys had very much control over their their followers that you know, things could things could go bad fast you know, just uh, remind, remember, we, we, Wendy and I, uh, we went and watched uh, with a group of people from AM 950 the debate uh, between Trump and Biden. And all the yeah. secret talk during that last debate with him, you know, um, telling him, stand down now and all this, oh, right. all this crazy stuff that people are really, really listening to and all the weird cues that he's putting out there is just it's kind of frightening really it's really frightening and you know people like me i mean that's always floating around there you know that kind of what the what the sort of dog whistle or the coded yeah. language is and 
and I think people like me, or I'll just speak for myself, I just didn't really think that it could be right. like that. You know, I didn't think a competitive uh, candidate for president would be would be talking to people like that, you know, or or even go back to those good people on both sides. Remember that? Yeah. That comment, you know, and it's just like, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, it's been a little bit of a wake-up call, and I have my own sort of, you know, conspiracy theory vibe, too, but it's, I... Now I know stuff like right. this happens at the highest levels. Uh, listen for those coded comments. Figure, try to figure out who he's talking to. Exactly. Notice that with a lot of folks on the right, you kind of have they have their codes, you know, and I don't necessarily know them. Right, exactly. Hey, Robert, thanks for stopping in. Always, Always great discussion and catching up uh, to the great work you're doing and uh, what's happening here in Minnesota and the Twin Cities specifically. Thanks again for stopping in. It's my pleasure. Nice seeing you, Wendy. See you on camera there now. And nice seeing you, Robert. Peeny Gigi, thank you. Hey. Take care, Robert. Right on. That was Robert Lilligren, Wendy, Native mm -hmm. American Community Development Institute. And you're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake. Stay with us. Oh. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Your Blue Line Extension Project wants to hear from you. We are working on extending the Blue Line Light Rail into North Minneapolis, Robbinsdale, Crystal, and Brooklyn Park, and connecting it to our growing transit system. Tell us about your neighborhood, your business, your family, and what you need from your Blue Line. Learn more and share more of your story at yourblueline.org. That's yourblueline.org. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's, Let's live and, and let, let howl. howl. Roll up your sleeves and enjoy some refreshments. On Friday, April 7th, the Indigenous Roots Cultural Center will offer free coffee and tea to anyone who gets a COVID vaccine between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. You'll also receive a $50 gift card. The event is open to the public, and while walk-ins are welcome, early registration is encouraged at interfaithaction.org. So protect yourself by getting vaccinated while enjoying some free coffee and tea. That's Friday, April 7th at the Indigenous Roots Cultural Center in St. Paul. Bijou. I am Oshawashko Gijig. I'm from Red Lake Nation, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Oh. Oh. I heard Zoe. Yeah. Hey, Zoe. <laughs> hey, hey. hey. Uh, I Hey, I want to introduce my awesome and beautiful wife. Wendy has been an animal advocate for many years, and she's been on the show for over seven years here at Native Ritz Radio and talking about, you know, our sacred animals, which are our relatives. And it's I've learned so much over the years, Wendy, and I know we have a sacred uh, animal right down here. Uh, welcome. Yes. Hi, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level, and it's always my pleasure to do that. Oh. Ooh, yes, Robert. Um, our dog, uh, Wanda, who was Who's a 12-year-old Shih Tzu. A human. She is a human. She's our human dog. She has eyes. It looks at. She's uh, curious and mm -hmm. concerned. Yes. Well, yesterday she had a repair of her ACL, 
uh, of, her, of her left uh, rear leg. So she had surgery, and it's like really quite um, an intensive surgery. So she was there most of the day yesterday. We picked her up last night and brought her home, and she's on mm. pain medication and also anti-anxiety medication just I to keep her calm. She's a pretty high-strung dog and barks a lot about different things, and I think she worries a lot. She's a worrier. She looks concerned a lot. She does. So she's on uh, medication. She's uh, here with us. She's comfortable. She's in a little doggy bed with a blanket over her. So it's an eight-week recovery. We're going to have to go really slow with her. She's wow. a dog who really, really wants to run and yeah. walk a lot and jump and hop and do all those kind of things. So we really have to rein her in. I didn't realize how uh, often this happens to dogs. This is a very common injury for dogs. Since it happened to Wanda, I hear it from everybody now. It's like the yellow... Uh, Volkswagen okay. syndrome where you, you hear about it and now everybody's dog or somebody knows of somebody right. who's had a dog who has torn their ACL. Oh. So it's a tendon that attaches to their bone oh. and it ripped and... Oh, it sounds like what happened to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you did your quad tendon. Right. You, you and then the yellow, it. Yeah. the yellow Volkswagen syndrome is <laughs> I started talking to all these people that had the same operation as I me. Know. It's like, what? So if you it's have weird. any... Uh, Prayers are nice thoughts for Wanda. Put them out in the universe. Yeah. And we're all hoping that she recovers fast and she'll get back to her five-mile-a-day mile, mile a day walks. Yeah, with <laughs> because, you. And... Exactly, because she really enjoys them. And I do, too. You know, so we'll hope that she'll do well. She will. I have a fun story here, though, I wanted to tell you guys it's like about. It's Fun Facts Friday, well, but it's kinda only is. Thursday. Well, it Here's the thing. I got an update this morning, so it's brand new, hot off the press from oh. April 6, 2023 at 528 a.m. They updated it. And this is from, uh, it's written by Chloe Rafferty and Catherine Hubbard. Um, let's see where, oh, here it is. R uh, Raleigh, North Cal Carolina from WNCN. A pair of best friends have been, have embarked on their new adventure. A truly bonded dog, get it? They embarked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they embarked on a new adventure. Ooh. A truly bonded dog and goat duo that became internet famous for their friendship has officially left the Wake County Animal Shelter Wednesday this morning uh, for their new home. One week ago, the animal shelter announced that Felix, a male dog, and Cinnamon, a female <laughs> goat, are going Cinnamon. to live out their years together at a Johnson County farm. Cinnamon. Yeah. The two came to the shelter together on March 13th after their owner was hospitalized and unable to care for them. Officials said they previously lived at a home in Raleigh. The center said Felix and Cinnamon are best friends who sleep together and are together 24-7 except when they eat. Wednesday, today, Wake County government shared photos of the pair leaving the animal shelter and heading to their new home. And you could, you could just Google uh, dog and goat duo and you'll see pictures of them. They're Cinnamon. adorable. There's one pictures, picture of them uh, uh, facing each other with the kind of necks like wrapped around each other, kind of giving the, giving a hug. It's really, oh, really cute. Yes. I want a goat, but we don't have enough grass in the back. I know. It warms our hearts to see these two besties leave the animal shelter for good and start their new adventure together with their new family, Wake County Government wrote in a Facebook post. So congratulations, Felix and Cinnamon. I'm really happy to hear that. Yes, that's really awesome. That's a great story. Yeah, isn't it so cute? See, Alice gave a shout-out to our, our, her little kitties, giving a shout-out to Oh, thank you. Pepita. Thank you, Pepita, who is sending prayers up for little Wanda. I appreciate this. Here's another article that I found. I think I might have talked about this. It's about how animals can feel empathy. Yes. A simple experiment researchers at the University of Chicago sought to find out whether a rat would release a fellow rat from an unpleasantly restrictive cage huh. if it could. And the answer is yes. 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 I think I saw this on TikTok. The free rat occasionally hearing distress calls from its Aww. 
from this little friend there learned to open the cage and did so with greater efficiency over time. It would release the other animal even if it even if there wasn't any proof of payoff of a of a reunion. Astonishingly, it's um, if given access to a small hoard of chocolate chips, the free rat would usually save at least one for the captive, which is a lot to expect of a rat. That's hilarious. The researchers came to an unavoidable conclusion that what they were seeing was empathy. Wow. wow I have wow. another. How much time do I have? You got about two and a half oh, minutes. Oh, okay. Got plenty of time. Yeah. So there's another story about an ooh. 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 That's a female sheep. Or a U. No, it's a U. I think it's it's E U E and it's it's pronounced U. So a U, a female sheep, gave birth to a stillborn baby that was unable to be resuscitated. After the stillborn was removed, the mother cried all night longing for her baby. But another lamb had twins the week before, and to the astonishment of the farmer. The mother who had the twins gave one of her babies to the grieving mother to raise as her own. Mm. I would say that that would be empathy as well, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Wow. There's this chimpanzee colony or monkeys. No, I don't think they're monkeys. They're more like a chimpanzee. They're called bonobos. Bonobos. Bonobos, and they look like chimpanzees. They're fascinating and still as little as known about them. We Mm. don't know a whole lot about them. But they have the only female-led great ape society with a sophisticated social structure that encourages uh, cooperation and peace. Yeah, both within and between groups, bonobos tend to resolve conflict through affection rather than aggression. Unlike many other animals, bonobos are neither territorial or hostile to strangers. When two bonobo groups encounter each other, they will frequently share food and engage in intimate behaviors. You know why? why? This is all such a great thing. Why? Because it's female-led. They have the only female-led great ape society. They were once called pygmy chimpanzees, and I'm um, just assuming that they're smaller than a chimpanzee. But they're not like a monkey. They look more like a chimpanzee, and they're really cute. You could look those... Look them up. Bonobos. B-O-N-O-B-O-S. I know our uh, little ones have empathy towards each other. I know Mm -hmm. Wanda would always go up to Gracie if Gracie was scared, and Mm -hmm. that's why we got them, adopted them as bonded uh, animals, and they have empathy for each other. Yeah, when we brought Wanda home from the hospital last night, uh, Gracie was so concerned and was, like, really looking and making sure that she was okay. Yeah. Hey, thanks to Robert Lilligren, Wendy Pilot, and Zoe Allen. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier. Now. Be my wee.